Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, and especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill their promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Pray on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth.
Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects vast and cool and unsympathetic regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Welcome to the Secret Teachings Radio Broadcast. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. You are tuned into the Fringe FM, broadcasting around the world. On the Fringe FM app, fringe.fm, the network website, the Paranormal Radio app, and TalkStream Live, along with our website, www.thesecretteachings.info. We are broadcasting from the beautiful American Southwest here in the state of Arizona, Talking to listeners like you in the UK, Japan, Australia, Canada, Mexico, all over the world, we welcome you to the broadcast whenever and wherever you are listening, whether you're listening online, a file that you've downloaded from our archive, or to the live broadcast Monday through Friday here on The Fringe. It is December 29th into the 30th of 2021. And earlier today, we got news that Ghislaine Maxwell was convicted in the Epstein sex abuse case. We had actually planned to have a show on this tonight to focus on the subject in detail. We have Kristan Harris coming on the broadcast from The Rundown Live. He's one of the only places that has been uh, publishing the transcripts, his website, publishing the transcripts from the courthouse, from the courtroom, of the Maxwell trial. Earlier today, the mainstream media reported that if the jury didn't decide on a verdict soon, they'd have to work through New Year's. So they'd have to work through the New Year, Holy Day, or Holiday, and that would be kind of unfortunate. Rather than really focusing on the specifics of the case and the details of the case, this is one of the ways in which, and a classic example of how the mainstream media has continued to obscure and divert and manipulate public perception of this trial in the same way that Ghislaine Maxwell's lawyer, one of her lawyers in her multi-million dollar defense, tried to compare her to Eve in the Garden of Eden. A lot of people thought that this was a joke. No, uh, one of her lawyers, uh, a lawyer by the name of Sternheim, said that ever since Eve was accused of attempting uh, of tempting Adam with the apple, women have been blamed for the bad behavior of men, and women are often vilified and punished more than men are. It doesn't matter that, traditionally speaking, in terms of people being put in jail for crimes, that men are more likely to serve a prison sentence for the same crime, or longer, uh, more likely to serve a longer sentence. But the whole idea is kind of disassociating reality from fiction, and making it difficult to figure out which is which, which in and of itself is the primary programming method within the MKUltra and all of the other program names. MKUltra is the famous one. The various mind control programs that connect people like Epstein and Maxwell to 
intelligence agencies like the CIA, British intelligence, and Israeli intelligence for which Maxwell's father was a high-ranking agent. And we know that these groups don't just utilize the types of actions and and organized uh, collective uh, programming methods through the desensitization and, and the rape and the trauma and what amounts to torture uh, psychologically and even physically. They don't just do that to control people and to, to make some money. They also do it to blackmail people. And I think far, far be it from some of the people that went to Epstein's Island thinking that it was just a place to party and have fun and that there was, there was nothing, uh, nothing more than some raw adult debauchery. A lot of people went down there, I believe, because they knew that they were going there to be filmed with underage girls. They knew that they were going to be blackmailed. That's part of the way that you are initiated into the cult, and the cult can control your behavior, control your your dialogue, your power, etc. And if you participate in that initiation, you agree in making that contract with the devil and the beast, you agree to do those terrible, horrible things to the innocent. So, yes, some people say that this is a satanic cult. By some definition, it certainly is a satanic cult, but we shouldn't say that it's a satanic cult in the sense that Satanism, as some people believe in, in a a satanic religion is the same thing as what these people are doing. So on one level, it's money, it's power, it's predatory behavior. If you continue to move up that analysis, you'll find that it is about blackmail, political uh, intelligence, uh, economic, uh, social, and cultural power. And if you go further, you'll find that there's an esoteric element to it that We've discussed on this show for years. In fact, last year, we did three big shows on Epstein. One of them was called Deciphering the Maze and Closing the Pizzagate. That show is in the archive at thesecretteachings.info from July 7th of 2020. We did another show called Lord of the Pedo Rings, Entrapping Ariadne, based on the myth of the Minotaur in the Maze. And how Jeffrey Epstein essentially is the Minotaur, a creature with the head and tail of the bull and the body of a man. This is a hybrid creature who devoured children, particularly teenagers, specifically Athenian young men that were fed to this beast in the maze, very similar to the maze-like structures found on Epstein's properties. One in New Mexico, he had a large labyrinth similar to those that the royal family in the UK sport. And he also had his island compound with maze-like designs and that blue and white cube structure similar to both the, the flag of Greece, which is where we get the myth of the Minotaur and Ariadne, and similar to the... Uh, the television set of Ellen DeGeneres' TV show, interestingly enough. And it's in this Greek myth that the goddess of mazes, Ariadne, because of her involvement in helping uh, Theseus kill the Minotaur, uh, since she's uh, uh, abandoned in the myth, she decides to, uh, to kill herself. 
And, and we kind of speculated that at the very least, the mythos of Ariadne hanging herself is strange, considering that Epstein didn't kill himself by essentially strangulation and hanging. We're not really sure of the details of that. We're not really sure. Some people believe Epstein's still alive. But regardless of that, the mythos of the Minotaur and the Maze and Ariadne makes Epstein the Minotaur and Ghislaine Maxwell Ariadne. She is the woman of the maze. And that's a show we did back on July 9th of 2020. That's also in the archive at thesecretteachings.info. And of course, another big show we did on April 10th of 2020 called Epstein-Barr Syndrome, where we talked about uh, Jeffrey Epstein, Harvey Weinstein, and we did that with Nick Bryant, who wrote the book about the Franklin scandal, uh, the man who is uh, partly responsible for leaking the black book of Epstein to the media. We had Nick Bryant on the show to talk to us about that. So we've been covering this from the ground up, from the media and the political level, all the way up to the mythological and the archetype components of what these networks are all about. And we've been doing that for years here on The Secret Teachings. And so let, you know, let's just say that the, the archetype and the mythos and the twilight language, if you will, means very little to you. Even the defense in Maxwell's trial utilized the most classical archetype to defend Maxwell in court, saying that Maxwell was the victim of patriarchy and that she was being used as a scapegoat for Jeffrey Epstein to basically convict Epstein of his crimes after his death by putting this poor, innocent British socialite in prison. I don't have to tell you, I don't have to verbalize what I think about that defense. Although it's interesting because comparing Maxwell to Eve is a lot more than just an archetypical defensive comparison to get people to feel sorry for her as a victim of the horrible things Epstein did. Because Epstein, according to the New York Times, as we talked about last night on the show, Epstein wanted to impregnate up to 20 women at a time with his child and then use the baby in genetic research to create a super race of his lineage. Maybe that's just what you do when you have a lot of money. And he was being financed and funded and then using his finance and funding to finance and fund top scientists, geneticists, physicists, etc., theoretical and practical, to invest their energy and time in helping him with his genetic experiments. This is all in the New York Times, USA Today, mainstream news. And he was interested in living forever, creating a race of his own of his own uh, progeny. That would make Jeffrey Epstein akin to God, akin to Atom, the first man, and his wife Eve, or in the Greek myth, Ariadne, as I compare Maxwell to Ariadne. It would make Maxwell very similar to Eve. The first man and the first woman and their genetic research leading to a new race of humans because Epstein said, according to the New York Times, 
that the world is overpopulated. We don't need to help people that have health problems. We don't need to help the poor. This just overpopulates the planet. What we need to do is depopulate the planet, and then we need to repopulate it in part with our genetic lineage. This is what Epstein was working on. This is what Maxwell was involved in. This is what Peter Nygaard was doing, telling his girlfriend who said that, that, that Nygaard was basically nuts, asking her to have his baby. You can just look, look it up, mainstream news. Have his baby so that they could take the child for stem cell and genetic research and practical applications to reverse the aging process making Peter Nygaard and people like Epstein a, not even a keen to, but, and not parallel to, but the definition of what it means to be a monster in the maze, what it means to have these youthful lives and souls fed to them like the Minotaur, what amounts to an act of literal, contemporary vampirism. So Maxwell is the woman in the maze Epstein and and the cult and the groups that are still carrying on this blackmail and carrying on this trafficking for profit and pleasure, which is at the very, very, very bottom of that proverbial barrel. At the top is more than blackmail, more than pleasure. It's more than a massage. It's even more than uh, intelligence communities gathering information and then you know using the blackmail to control people. This is about genetic research into creating a a parallel human race with new genetics. And that's in the New York Times. That's in the USA Today. These are mainline news articles that are reporting this. And I'm afraid that the Ghislaine Maxwell conviction, this is not a theory. I'm just, I'm feeling that the conviction, because the, the prosecution apparently didn't really go into this prosecution, into this trial, with the hard evidence. So it seems like the the conviction is not much more than a slap on the wrist. And we don't know what's going to happen to Maxwell. She might kill herself, quote unquote. She might die in jail. She might have COVID. She might end up being released. We don't really know. She's facing a lot of jail time, though, a couple of years of jail time at least, which is still a slap on the wrist. And no names had to come out in court. That was quite convenient. A few people were brought up like Donald Trump, of course. And, and that's pretty much it. And then you have the mass majority of the public you know, who, who can't even believe that it's possible for a scientist or a CNN analyst to lie. You have the average person who thinks that, well, because she was convicted, that means that if there were child trafficking networks, if there were people doing human experiments on children, that means it all just goes away. And they just kind of, like Homer Simpson, they just kind of back into, back into that grass and just disappear. Like, okay, okay, we acknowledge, you know, we acknowledge it. It's, it's kind of real, but it's not that bad. And let me just kind of go back to sleep. La, 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 la. Meanwhile, the woman is still in the maze. Epstein is still the Minotaur in the maze as a symbol of what that maze represents, the mind like the paintings of Kim Noble. And what we're witnessing here is an open declaration from Epstein and Nygaard to Charles Lieber and the research he was conducting on nanotechnology and mesh electronics 
working with people like Robert Langer, who is a board director of Moderna Pharmaceuticals. And you look what they found, according to the Japanese government, in vaccines for COVID-19, the black and pink substances. It's almost like we're unfolding a much grander, a much larger conspiracy. And all of these little cases, all of these little details are incredibly important to understanding what is going on. Like I said, we have Kristan Harris coming up on the show, The Rundown Live. I gave my friend Clyde Lewis a call earlier, and uh, we were talking, and I thought, well, you know what, I want to get Clyde's take on this. So just real quick, I, I recorded a, a minute, minute 20 of what Clyde's take was on the Maxwell trial. I'm going to play that for you real quick. What do you think, Clyde, of the, of the Maxwell conviction? Just generally speaking, what do you think this tells us? Does this kind of sanitize and sweep the whole thing under the rug, even though she was convicted? Because now a lot of people are going to say, well, she was convicted, so the whole thing's put to rest when the networks are still operating. Or What do you think? I think that her trial was, um, how can I put this? Her trial was orchestrated in order to find out what she says, setting her up again for a target. But she won't be because they'll be more careful with her. But I think the biggest, I think the biggest uh, travesty is that people did not hear what they wanted to hear, and so they've ignored everything that was said. What do you mean by hear what they wanted to hear? You mean like kind of a QAnon Pizzagate thing? Yeah, they wanted to hear that you know people that they hate are pedophiles. Right. They didn't hear it, and so they heard people they supported pedophiles, and they're not talking. The only people I hear are like Hillary and Bill Clinton, but they don't talk about Bill Gates. They don't talk about Trump. They don't talk about Prince Andrew. I mean, everybody thinks that the Clintons had uh, Epstein off, but I think it was the I think it was the royal family that had him off. Well, whether it was the royal family, the Clintons, uh, intelligence agencies, or a combination of all of it, the fact that he died under such suspicious circumstances implies that the network that he was involved in is still operating. Yeah, and it's I, just because you're just because your uh, frontman gets taken out doesn't mean that you're shut down. Now, that's my friend and our colleague, Clyde Lewis, on Ground Zero, uh, just talking with us on the phone a little bit ago, giving his, uh, giving us his interpretation of the Maxwell trial, the Maxwell conviction. We're going to get the impressions of Kristan Harris, who was lucky enough to have been funded to go to the courthouse in New York and be in the courtroom. And he has quite a bit to share with us. We're going to pick his brain on the trial and some other related subject matter. It's Kristan Harris of The Rundown Live, therundownlive.com. He's coming up next for the rest of the show. He'll be with us. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Subscribe to the archive on the website if you want all of our shows without advertisements. Otherwise, uh, all the podcast feeds, everything is going to have the uh, the ads in it. You get the free uh, free copy of the book when you subscribe for one year. It's all at thesecretteachings.info. You get the montages as well. That's what supports us. That's what keeps us on the show and allows us to do the type of work that we do. Thank you for your support and stay with us. There's more after this right here on The Fringe. This is Kev Baker of The Kev Baker Show and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is The Secret Teachings Radio on The Fringe FM. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hear more while supporting the show, visit the website, thesecretteachings.info, and subscribe to our show archive. As a yearly subscriber, you can download and stream every show after it airs and get access to the digital versions of each one of Ryan's books. The show offers weekly and monthly subscriptions. 
supports the secret teachings of the Fringe FM. My name is Alex Exum, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. Hey there, it's Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings Radio. After years and years of research, I compiled most of the important components of what I learned into three books, Food Philosophy, The Technological Elixir, and Occult Arcana. And by happenstance, those books turned into a trilogy that can be, but doesn't need to be, read in order. Food Philosophy explores the nature of what it means to be healthy, while examining the ways in which the public is deceived about their food and water. It also explores disease theories and why astronomical events like comets may be more responsible for illnesses than pathogens. It concludes with a look at geoengineering. The technological elixir picks up where the food book leaves off. It explores technology with its benefits and dangers, looking at smart tech, the Internet of Things, advanced robotics and quantum computers. The text takes us to the mark of the beast, magic, and the music industry, focusing heavily on material death cults and pacts with the devil, and of course black goo. It concludes with an analysis of UFO cults and an otherworldly or dimensional presence influencing mankind through technology. Occult Arcana is truly standalone as an encyclopedia of occult knowledge, covering theology, science, and mythology, symbolism, ritualism, and magic, voodoo, witchcraft, talismans, nursery rhymes, alchemy, and more. Occult Arcana ties it all together. All three books are available in digital form, and they are autographed, if you'd like, in paperback. Just visit thesecretteachings.info, where you can read reviews and buy yourself a copy or two today. Whether for yourself, family, or friends, they make a wonderful gift for the holidays, something that we explore in detail in the Occult Arcana book. Again, I'm Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings Radio. Food Philosophy, The Technological Elixir, and Occult Arcana are my books. I hope you get a copy and support the show today. Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell. My website is jordanmaxwellshow.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with your host, Ryan Gable. are listening to the secret teachings radio i'm your host ryan gable the gislaine maxwell sex trafficking trial began at the end of november early december a report this morning says that the jurors are deliberating the fate of gislaine maxwell at the sex trafficking trial and that if they don't reach a verdict soon they're going to have to work through the new year's holiday i think it's kind of interesting to read an article like that because it's almost as if the media is more concerned with the jurors not enjoying their New Year's holiday than they are about reporting some of the more gruesome and terrifying details of that trial. We've been talking about this for years, not the trial itself, but Jeffrey Epstein, Maxwell, and all of the other similar cases and similar stories about human trafficking, child trafficking, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And without going into the details of all of that, for those of you who have followed this show, you'll know that these are subjects that have gotten us banned from radio networks, subjects that have gotten us kicked out of conferences, subjects that have 
caused a ripple effect in the radio community and actually a lot of uh, guests and hosts from other shows have refused to work with us simply because we've aligned ourselves with asking these questions. And we were talking about on Monday this week how back in 2016, 2015, we were telling you about Jeffrey Epstein like a very small handful of other radio shows. And it doesn't feel good to be vindicated. It doesn't feel good to have the Ghislaine Maxwell, Jeffrey Epstein subject become a mainstream news topic, although a very sanitized one, and to have other stories like Peter Nygaard and the Nexium cult just become part of the popular culture in a way that is not really as vindicating as it might seem or sound on the surface, because what's happening is there seems to be a cultural movement to normalize and to make it seem as if the harming of young children, the harming and the abuse and the exploitation of people that are 16, 17 years old, even people that are older than that, whether they're in human trafficking networks they're, they're, they're and sex slaves or they're something else entirely, uh, whether they're branded like they were in the Nexium cult or they are, they are something, uh, something uh, akin to a, a biological genetic experiment like they were in the case of Nygaard and Epstein at his Zorro ranch and the stuff that uh, Nygaard was doing with his girlfriend wanting her to get pregnant so that they, he could use the baby for basically what amounts to a form of vampirism to reverse the aging process. I mean, this is all stuff that is now acknowledged, uh, all stuff that is now, uh, to a large extent, even in mainstream media. And it's almost like this is happening and being justified so that we can kind of almost in a way glorify and make victims out of the people who are performing these actions and who are guilty of these crimes against children, young people, humanity, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And in fact, and I have not been following the Ghislaine Maxwell trial too closely because of having to move out of New York and uh, moved out here to the desert. I had a couple of weeks right in the heart of the trial that I didn't really get to pay attention to the details. But I did read one thing that I found interesting. The defense lawyer for Maxwell compared her to Eve in the Garden of Eden, saying that ever since Eve was accused of tempting Adam with the apple, women have been blamed for the bad behavior of men, and women are often vilified and punished more than men are, although that is not even statistically true. Men are far more likely to spend time in prison for less violent crimes uh, than women are. But uh, besides that point, the, the idea that Ghislaine Maxwell is like Eve, you know, you've seen professors that have said that pedophilia is a good thing, that we should allow predators of children in our society and not have a moral objection at least to that. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that we could put together and uh, we could do an endless stream of shows. And I thought it would be best because I haven't been covering this trial too closely, uh, which is an unfortunate thing because this is something that has just, just really pulled on my soul for years and years and years and years and years. And uh, as I said, has gotten us kicked off of radio and kicked off of uh, networks and kicked out of conferences and kind of burned bridges between some radio shows and other hosts and just for asking questions. Tonight, I want to ask our guest some of these questions because he has been covering this trial and he has a lot of the transcripts and has been posting this on his website 
at therundownlive.com. Kristen Harris is on the line with us. Kristen Harris, again, has been covering the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. He's been covering this on his show. He's got transcripts on his website. He has been cited by a number of mainstream and alternative sources on the subject of, uh, of this uh, and uh, many other things relating to symbolism and occultism, etc. His website, again, is The Rundown Live. That's therundownlive.com. Independent radio host. I was actually on his show a couple of months ago. Chris Don Harris, welcome to The Secret Teachings. How are you? Hey, Ryan Gable. This is way overdue. It's been a long, long time. Thank you for having me on your program. And what a quality time to have me on, especially with the things that we are going to be talking about today, which is spine chilling and gut wrenching. But the truth has to get out there. And that's kind of one of the reasons why I ended up going out there is because locals wanted an independent journalist out there. And a local by the name of Lisa started a GoFundMe, right? And uh, we were able to raise enough money to send me to New York for a month to cover every day of the trial. I was in the court. Uh, courtroom. I was also in overflow and I was there able, I was able to take notes, but we are the only website rundownlive.com to distribute and publish the transcripts straight from the stenographer. I've been reading through these transcripts too. And uh, the stuff that is coming out in these transcripts, a lot of it's not being reported by the mainstream press. So it's a really good thing that someone like yourself was out there and you've been able to publish this and distribute it. Kristen. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a lot of disturbing things we're going to get into today. Um, Obviously, from the get-go, our spidey sensors, if anyone who was following this noticed, uh, were set off. Specifically by um, the judges linked to secret societies like Quill and Dagger, which is a skull and bones offshoot, um, to Como's daughter being the prosecutor. Oh, yeah, that's, that's wild, isn't it? Because, yeah. Especially because, did you see that one of the Cuomo staffers was arrested for inducing minors for sex? Did you hear about yeah. that story? That was a John Griffin CNN producer. Yeah, I, I saw that. Yeah, CNN is like the next uh, pedophile ring that's getting busted. And isn't it interesting, uh, the CNN owners, his wife, uh, is seen in photographs with Gilan Maxwell. Uh, I don't know what to call her. They, it's interesting. It's like an MK Ultra mind trick. They call her a different name. Uh, every individual seems to call her a different name. Gilan, Glenn, Jelaine, Jalan, uh, Gislaine, you know, and nobody really knows what how to pronounce her name. And it's uh, bizarre that in court, they, they, they can't even agree. Not even the lawyers. They all pronounce her name differently. And uh, what we've seen throughout this trial from the setup uh, and the get-go is questionable things. And when there's a, a bunch of coincidences, I, I would like to call that a pattern. I don't think it's a coincidence anymore once we start recognizing a pattern of what is going on and uh, what we're seeing in the trial. And obviously the trial is wrapped up. They're now in jury deliberation. And there's literally absolutely nothing happening at the courthouse other than a few notes being passed between the judge. And as you mentioned, uh, the, the judge threatened to call a mistrial over COVID. Of course, that's quite convenient, isn't it? Yes. So let me let me ask you this. Let's let's break this down. Let's start here. You know, this story of the CNN producer and the former Cuomo staffer, John Griffin, being arrested by the FBI, he was trying to lure minors to his home in Vermont as part of a sex uh, operation. Uh, and they were going to train these young girls with their parents, apparently, from what I've read, 
how to perform sex acts and how to operate within this within this network. And they were, you know, basically being trafficked. And this guy was a former Chris Cuomo staffer. And you just mentioned that Cuomo family member was involved as the prosecutor, uh, what was the prosecution or the defense in this trial? What was what was uh, their position part of the prosecution in this trial? So that alone is a bizarre connection. And, and that's something that has essentially been, I guess, widely distributed among the mainstream and the alternative communities. I mean, that alone is a question that I think we could address for an entire show. That is, you know, interesting to me. But beyond that, what else are we learning? What else did you learn at this trial? What is the media, the mainstream media and the alternative media not telling because they're covering it up or because they're unaware of the details? What can you tell us? Well, let's start out by the process of grooming. Jeffrey Epstein and Gilan Maxwell attended a art summer camp where elitist children would go, you know, the future movie stars, the future musicians, the future artists of the world that will be popular. And they would do grooming interviews. And one of these interviews was by Nadia, who is a star now of Days of Our Lives. Um, She's also known as Jane Doe in the the transcripts. And uh, she described that they interviewed her at the young age of 13. And they, they found out that her father just died. He was a famous conductor. They recently became homeless, that her and her mother had to get money or crowdsource money from other family members in order to send Nadia to this gifted summer camp. And they recognized that how they could swoop in and be the hero, as well as the fact that they were homeless. And she, she was living in a uh, pool house very close to the Palm Beach uh, Epstein estate. So uh, Epstein allegedly knew Jane Doe's father and got asked uh, Jane Doe for her mother's phone number. And it wasn't long, a couple weeks later, that she had her first interview uh, at Jeffrey Epstein's home with her mother. This is above and beyond the interlock in Michigan uh, summer camp interview where he attended every summer, according to flight records and flight logs, which were used in the courtroom. Um, this grooming process allowed them to identify that the child was vulnerable, didn't have a father figure, uh, and um, basically how that they could swoon in on their vulnerabilities. And so during these, this interview, I guess he asked her to th- sing for her and eventually invited her back a couple weeks later, but she came alone. And the second stage of the grooming was the desensitization. Well, Epstein's home was littered with paintings of orgies and naked women and women in the poolside, topless. And uh, Jane Doe said she's never seen any topless woman before. It was the first time. And he even would take, him and Ghislaine would take the girls to sexualized movies, right? To desensitize them to the acts before it would lead to massages. So the massage room is where Gilan Maxwell would educate these girls on how Jeffrey Epstein would like to be massaged. They would get fully naked and then they would massage Jeffrey Epstein. And at some point, Jane said that they would massage him all over. And this later on incorporated fellatio. But the first time she was assaulted was uh, Epstein took her to the beach house. He dropped his drawers and then he gratified himself on her while he undid her top. And see, that sounds a little bit like Harvey Weinstein, where he made women watch him masturbate on plants or in the shower or just on them while they were sitting there naked. 
I mean, it, it seems to be that, uh, and even what you said about the, the predator behavior, I mean, that's the psychosis, that's the psychology of a criminal, of a predator, not only somebody that wants to be caught and kind of plays around like it's a game, but someone who, like in the case of um, uh, the subway spokesman, Jared, uh, Jared Fogel, uh, they have audio recordings to the FBI of that guy saying, we want to get the child from the broken home. This is what predators do. They prey on the weak, they prey on the vulnerable, and a lot of these people were given large sums of money and items and their colleges were paid for and they were groomed as you're being uh, as you're uh, being so kind to explain to us tonight from your experience in the courtroom of what's what's come out uh, even more so they've been groomed to participate in this this network through desensitization and a slow incorporation into the inner workings of this network where they were more uh, abused and more assaulted. Is that kind of the, the, the overall idea of this? It reminded me very much so of a couple things. First of all, the MK Ultra Monarch program, where the trauma bonds were built and uh, they used it in order to uh, get these girls to be part of kind of some some kind of sex ring. The other one is a book by a guy named Fritz Springmeier, which is the Illuminati for, formula or the bloodlines of the Illuminati, um, which goes a lot into the mind control factors of MK Ultra. And never mind the name. Uh, and when you read it, it's basically exactly the same situation where it's a very cult-like atmosphere where they groom these girls at a young age. They develop some kind of trauma bond. These girls had uh, like trauma bond because they have what their single parent home. Homes. They are broken homes. They're easier to manipulate. It's easier for Epstein to then come in and be like, okay, I'll pay for your college. I'll pay for all your acting classes. I'll get you that spot. I know Les Wexner. You want to be a model? Uh, yeah, I got the hookup. Victoria's Secret model. Here you go. Uh, you know, I know people in Hollywood. I can get you that movie part. You want to be a famous sick singer? I know this. You know, he knew everybody. And it makes you wonder if all the rumors about Hollywood and Weinstein, it's all seems to be interconnected yes. in this giant underground belly of the beast. And, uh, you know, I, I can confirm that that grooming process, the desensitization at a young age, massaging the girl with toys, massagers in the uh, vaginal area, using double-sided, you know, dildos and things like that. That was all brought up in the court testimony by Jane Doan, also known as uh, Nadia Borlin from Days of Our Lives. So that's, and, in, the tr- that's in the transcript. That was in court. Yes. All that came out. Yep. So, so then when we're looking at the, the specifics and the details of this, is there a lot of stuff that came out in court like that that has not been published by the media that isn't really widely known? Is there anything that's not that I want the horrific details, but is there anything horrific that is just beyond comprehension that came out in the trials? Well, it seemed not really horrific, but what it looked like is, you know, the Epstein would commit these crimes and then he would reward them and give them money. He'd normally pay them. Uh, you know, Jane Doe brought money home for her mother. That's how her mother stayed afloat. They were invite other girls for orgies. Uh, you know, they take you take them on lavish flights to uh, places. I don't know what what parent would let their kid at fourteen or fifteen get on a jet and go to the Bahamas or wherever he was going, Mexico City or you know Zorro Ranch. Um, what kind of parent is that? And that's just it. They'd have broken homes, Carolyn. 
mother wasn't involved really in her life at all. She could go do whatever she wanted. And it sounded like her boyfriend was pimping her out to Epstein, uh, you know, and she was getting paid $300 a massage. And she, you know, the other thing is, is we didn't get any, and so there wasn't a lot of nitty gritty details as far as uh, the prosecution. The prosecution avoided many names on the flight log. Even the judge said that, you know, you can mention these people. And she goes, oh, I just don't see it pertaining to this case. But they were okay with naming Donald Trump. They're okay That's with what I was. I was wondering about that because I saw that in the news, and I knew that they were doing that for months, even before the trial. It was all because Epstein had met Trump, even though Trump was one of the only people to cooperate with investigators in the Epstein investigation. They only focused on him, and they just happened to kind of conveniently disregard Bill Clinton and all of the other big names. Not one mention of Bill Gates. And I think that might have been the name that they were avoiding possibly the most. Um, you know, uh, there was names like John Glenn, the astronaut, Kevin Spacey, George Mitchell, Chris Tucker, the actor, the one from Mush Hour, the one you're thinking about, Fidel Castro, the Pope, even photographs of Epstein with the Pope. And Fidel Castro. Let's let's clarify, too, because I did a bunch of shows on this where I, I said that when Donald Trump was running for president and then during his presidency, the media didn't want to focus on the subject of Epstein because even though they could kind of indict Trump in the public opinion, it would also bring Bill Clinton and all of these other people that are in media, people that are in politics, uh, billionaire philanthropists, people like Bill Gates, it would bring them into the conversation. Then when they started to focus on it, they just conveniently disregarded all of those other names. And now that we have this trial that's about to be over, it seems a little bit bizarre to me why the prosecution wouldn't bring those names into the discussion. Do you think that that was a legal move or was there something maybe more threatening about that? Well, they redacted a lot of the names. I know before the trial even started, there was a document that uh, was a matter of national security and was uh, denied by the judge. So uh, the flight logs, almost everything was redacted except for the initials of Jane Doe, of uh, of Annie Farmer, of uh, Carolyn, or of Katie. Um, those names were allowed to be shown, but all the rest uh, were not. And even even the the anonymous ones, they they show just their initials were allowed to be shown. And so you had all these flight logs where everyone is blacked out, and uh, you know there was really no. Uh, exposure of who the consumers of this property or this real estate was, uh, who were the people that were, um, you know, the customers of Jeffrey Epstein. Now, I personally think that that's important, Kristan, because I think that that could uh, that could encourage investigation into more specific details of what Epstein was involved in, because he was, I think, ultimately just a small piece of a much larger mechanism, a much larger machine. You personally, having gone into the court and listened to these testimonies, do you think that it would have been necessary to go into those other details, or is the prosecution just trying to get, uh, you know, get some kind of uh, hard sentence for Maxwell, and that's all that they were concerned about? Uh, I don't know if they're trying to go for a hard sentence at all, to be honest, because they acquired, and you can see this in the Kelly McGuire transcript on the RundownLive.com. 40,000 images and videos from hard drives and from binders of DVDs. And they only chose to use 40 images 
out of the 40,000. And they were like, here's Gilan massaging Jeffrey Epstein's foot. Here's Gilan with Epstein on the airplane. Here's the flight logs of everything Gilan was on. It was nothing. There was no hard evidence. Everything was testimony. So that's going to allow everything around hearsay. And it's going to be very difficult, I believe, for them to convict her based on the witness's testimony, especially when they brought in Elizabeth Loftus, who is the same uh, memory expert that was brought in in the Harvey Weinstein case where she, you know, they try to get her to suggest that there's no way to actually prove any memory is accurate. So let's let's get that name. What was that name? Because that's something I did not know. What was that person's name? Elizabeth Loftus. And when they brought her in, she had 47 pages of recommendations, single line, has every award in psychology. And basically she was the, the horror doctor that runs like the modern day MK Ultra experiments on a diet version. For example, I'll give you examples. She worked in implanting false memories for studying cross-contamination of memories um, and other things. And the dagger was is when they came back from lunch and it looked like Elizabeth Loftus was uh, the star witness of the defense. That's when the prosecution asked, did you take the stand in the Harvey Weinstein trial? And obviously they called a sidebar and that was not allowed to be answered, but it was enough to let the jury know or plant that seed that she may have been involved in that case as well. Uh, But Elizabeth Loftus, I'll give you an example now, would do things and experiments on people like uh, small children or even, you know, teenagers or college students and say, uh, do you remember going to Disneyland and meeting Bugs Bunny? And people would have fond memories, and yes, they did. And some even would remember shaking Bugs Bunny's hand. Well, Bugs Bunny is Warner Brothers. He's not Disney. So, you know, planting false memories, playing trickery of words, discussing of a cross-contamination, considering that all four witnesses probably discussed subjects behind the scenes in between trials, uh, that there could have been cross-contamination of memories. Just like if you hung out with your friends and you went to a party and you remember most of it, but there's something you forgot and your friend fills you in. That's not your memory. That's somebody else's memory you're repeating that you added to fill in the gap. So she went really into detail about memory contamination uh, and other things. And she's literally on boards that uh, facilitate peer-reviewed studies of psychology and memory manipulation and um, implanting false memories and locating and identifying false memories. And uh, at one point, uh, it looked pretty rough until uh, Pomerantz, who is probably the star for the prosecution, uh, brought up the Harvey Weinstein thing. And I saw for the first time, just like when I was involved in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial, I saw the face palm where uh, Isabel Maxwell and Kevin Maxwell, who att- have attended every day of the trial for, in support of Elon Maxwell, as you know, that's her brother and sister, face palms. They literally... Uh, you know, it was like uh, that's their star witness, and it was thrown under the bus in real quick fashion and form when the Harvey Weinstein thing was brought up. So uh, that kind of gave me a glimmer of hope. But we're still working with uh, all soft evidence, nothing really hard, other than they they brought a boot that uh, Annie Farmer got from Epstein twenty years ago that she still wears occasionally. Yeah, I, re- uh, I read who that. Who knows? The- She's a psychologist, you know. I read that in the transcript on the Rundown Live, uh, one of the transcripts that you had sent me. So. The reason I asked the question about the the hard sentence or the hard uh, response to Maxwell's involvement with Epstein is because I was assuming that the prosecution was playing things very calmly and very lightly 
and that the prosecution itself isn't really looking to prosecute Maxwell, that the whole thing almost seems like a show trial. Uh, we would call it a limited hangout. So you, you are you of that same viewpoint then as well from what you experienced, a limited hangout? Yeah, that's that's from the that's my personal viewpoint. And I do believe that there are perjury charges that will stick. So basically my thought process is and we don't know. She could still be like I'm fifty fifty on it. Like she could be prosecuted. I'm not saying she won't, but if she gets off, she's definitely gonna be hit for perjury. And that might be just a slap on the wrist where she might spend six months, a year, two years in jail uh, as a slap on the wrist and not get the life sentences that she deserves. And it's not that there isn't enough evidence. It was that the prosecution didn't provide enough hard evidence to convict her. And they left enough doubt or the door uh, enough open where the defense, the $7 million defense, who is probably the best defense money can buy, was able to wedge, you know, doubt in the jury's mind. Now, I, I, I've only like it's really hard to make it into the room with Gilan Maxwell. So most of us only made it in there one day. Uh, the mainstream media pays people to wait in line starting at 4 a.m. Uh, in order to save their spot so they can enter the courtroom. And uh, from what I've heard throughout the trial, we've all kind of added that the jury kind of was like shooting darts at Gilan Maxwell, Maxwell with their eyes. So they didn't seem too happy about what's going on. But keep in mind, all it takes is one or two jurors to really be based on law, not emotion, to really flip this out. And Gilan Maxwell is uh, getting out on bail, you know, in a few days as she may be acquitted. And I'm saying don't be surprised if she's acquitted because the prosecution had a very weak uh, argument. Keep in mind, she's being uh, charged with trafficking. But everything that they were providing was Jeffrey Epstein, Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, here's a picture of Geelong with Jeffrey Epstein, with the exception of the female testimonies saying that she was there for the grooming interviews, that she taught them how to massage Epstein. And she even partook in the orgies and other things that partook in his massage rooms. Now, the, uh, the questions I had were about these girls. Some of them were as young as 13, uh, 14. Hey, Kristen, let's, let, let's save that. We have to take a quick break. We'll be right back. And I'd like to get into the details of that. OK, Kristen Harris from The Rundown live is with us he's been at the maxwell trial this is our first show on it since uh, restarting the broadcast after moving across the country and i wanted to get Kristan's take on this because he's been right in the middle of it again i'm ryan gable this is the secret teaching stay with us there's more with Kristan harris when we come back from break You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence, but... I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on The Fringe FM. And join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's thesecretteachings.info and The Fringe FM. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles, and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, 
then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports The Secret Teachings and Fringe FM, but most importantly, it supports you. People ask me every day what they can do to take control of their life in the face of an onslaught of misleading information and outright lies. I always tell them to take control of what they put in their body, including clean water. I personally used a Pro One water filter long before the company became Pro One. And after a few years, I decided to get an affiliate program set up for the show. Here's how it works. Visit our website at www.thesecretteachings.info and click on the Pro One water filter link on the slider bar at the top of the page. Whatever you purchase on their website, we get a small percentage. It's an honest and beneficial way to support the secret teachings and yourself. They've got water filters for the kitchen, dorm room, and even shower heads so things like chlorine don't become vaporized in the hot shower and inhaled. They make a great gift for yourself, your family, or your friends, and especially a great gift around the holy days. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info, click on the banner, support Pro One, and support The Secret Teachings five nights a week on The Fringe FM. They all say the same thing. They're all like, you know, over the last four years, everything good that happened was because of us. And we would have done more good stuff if it wasn't for those guys. And then the Democrats go, oh, we did all the good stuff. <laughs> like you're all working for the same guy. Want more of The Fringe? Check out thefringe.fm for more information on your favorite shows. Also, don't forget to check out the Fringe mobile app or the other ways you can tune in through the Paranormal Radio app and talk stream live. Where the normal and paranormal collide, it's the Fringe FM. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from Talk Stream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. This is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings. your host ryan gable and you are tuned into the secret teachings radio right here monday through friday on the fringe fm if you'd like to catch the show after the show you can visit our website thesecretteachings.info subscribe to the archive to get the ad free version of the show you'll also get access to the montages and my digital books that's www.thesecretteachings.info or on the website or on your podcast app whatever you use You can listen to the show for free. You'll just have to listen to those pesky advertisements. But again, the website, thesecretteachings.info, has everything there. And if you'd like to contact us, the email is rdgable 
at yahoo.com, rdgable at yahoo.com. The music tonight, by the way, is White Bat Audio. That's White Bat Audio on YouTube. Our social media page is facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings. And if you go to our website, you'll find links to the social media page, our Patreon page, where you can become a patron of the secret teachings for behind the scenes videos and content. And also our affiliate sponsorship with Pro One Water Filters. That is on the website as well. There is a link at the top of the page. www.thesecretteachings.info The website of our guest tonight is therundownlive.com. That's therundownlive.com. Kristan Harris is with us. We've done uh, one show together, and uh, this show has been long overdue, both on the subject matter of Ghislaine Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein, although we briefly touched on it in uh, shows this week. And uh, those shows essentially were kind of follow-up shows to some of the initial shows we did last year and the year before and the year before and the year before. We've been talking about Epstein long before he didn't kill himself. We've been talking about Epstein for a very long time and other people and other networks and other, I'd call them cults, that were running similar blackmail operations. I mean, this is pretty much how Kathy O'Brien described uh, government officials and businesses and the entertainment industry utilizing young women, utilizing young men, grooming them, and then utilizing them to uh, spread uh, information, using them to uh, carry information to world leaders, using them for sex, using them for... uh, in some cases, things that are more ritualistic. Uh, I mean, she named names, and some of the names that Kathy O'Brien had named a long time ago in Transformation of America and in interviews are some of the same names that were that are involved with uh, Jeffrey Epstein. And I think that a lot of this from the beginning has been totally whitewashed. And I've also said for a long time, Kristan, that when we hear about child trafficking, I think a lot of people think, okay, these are young children. Well, the media... And I'm assuming that in court, a lot of these victims were 16, 15, maybe 14 years old, maybe 17 years old. They were, they were under the age of 18. But we've got reports of girls and little boys, girls in particular, that are younger than 14, younger than 13 years old. We have some reports that these kids were under 10 years old that were involved in these networks. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, um, Obviously, Jane Doe was recruited at the young age of 13. Carolyn was, again, young, young age of 13. You had uh, Annie Farmer, who was 17. And you have Kate, who was 15, 16, and 17. Well, And some of these girls maintained a relationship. Like Jane Doe said, she maintained a relationship with Epstein until she was 22, and she actually fell in love with a boy. And Epstein started acting jealous and saying, you know, remember who takes care of your family and your mom and when you, and who also took care of them uh, when they were in need. And uh, it's like, don't you shouldn't disgrace me like this, essentially, is what he was saying, running the guilt trip. You know, and so these girls are a young age. They're not like, you know, five or six year olds when you think child trafficking. These are like preteen to teenagers who had rough, broken homes that uh, fit uh, into a certain identity that could be easily manipulated. And, uh, and in some cases, some of these girls were already involved in these types of behavior. You know, with this trial, I'm kind of curious why they didn't call to the witness stand people like, 
uh, Virginia Roberts. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. I was wondering if uh, she was on the witness stand. So you're saying she was not. No, she was available for subpoena, we found out, but she was not. And we also found out that there were many witnesses that did not take the witness stand because the judge refused to give them immunity from charges. So I wonder how much more information we would have gotten if people who collaborated in the crime started spilling the beans. But instead, the judge wouldn't allow any of those individuals to have immunity from charges of being involved in any kind of trafficking or ring. Now, some of the people in the courtroom were uh, a little bit more optimistic than me. They're like, oh, that's because they're going to go after those individuals and press charges. I believe it was more so to protect information and prevent things from being exploited. And hence why Virginia Roberts would not be brought out because if Virginia Roberts was subpoenaed and she came and testified, keep in mind, all of a sudden you got Prince, Prince Andrews who's going to be uh, brought up amongst other individuals that allegedly would be trafficked to Virginia Roberts did a lot of the recruiting of other young girls that would be willing to massage Epstein and possibly be involved in a lot of this underage sexual activity. And you got to ask yourself if you're a billionaire, right? There's a lot of like the world is filled with all sorts of women. There are plenty of overage women who are legal that look like they're 12 or 13 or 15. So he necessarily didn't have to go with these younger underage girls. What was the purpose of him grooming underage girls? And then you start to tie together little St. James or little St. Jeff, like they called it. And the whole blackmail operation that was rumored to go on there where they filmed every action where people like Bill Gates and, uh, you know, Bill Clinton and many others probably partied and partook in orgies. And it seemed like a normal thing because Epstein allegedly received three massages a day in which he paid for. And out of all his masseuses, 100% of them in his little black book were female. So then that makes me think, uh, you know, whether it's the subject of the age or the subject of massaging and the innuendo and the implication and what usually happened with the massages, uh, the blackmail operation, uh, the connection to intelligence agencies and the idea that Epstein was just an asset of the intelligence community. I mean, we know that blackmail, uh, sex, uh, underage sex, these are things that uh, people are blackmailed on and whether it's a government or maybe it's a company or it's powerful people, they use that to control people in media. They use that to control people in government. They use that to control people in society. But when, when you look at the details, even the New York times reported Kristan, and this is what I'm a little bit more interested in, in terms of the Epstein story, Jeffrey Epstein was running not just a blackmail ring and not just a sex ring, a trafficking ring. He was also running something for what the media has reported on being his own personal pleasure, if you will. And that was he wanted to seed the human race with his own DNA. That's a New York Times headline. He was trying to get a, 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 a mechanistic system set up where he already had it, where they were breeding with women with his seed and then taking the, the babies and they were doing genetic research at his Zora Ranch in New Mexico. That is something that 
I think, goes way beyond the subject of the human and the child trafficking. It's the same thing that Peter Nygaard, the fashion designer from Canada, was involved in as well. We're talking about breeding programs, the potentiality for human sacrifice as part of those genetic programs. And Epstein was, was I mean, this all came out in, in major mainline articles. Epstein was using his finances not just to get these young children and groom them, he was using his finances to fund scientific research, and therefore the scientists that got this funding were willing, apparently, to help him with his genetic DNA interests. So it wasn't just paying girls for massages. He was also paying scientists, top scientists, physicists, scientists that were doing genetic research, uh, people like uh, from Stephen Hawking to Bill Gates and everybody in between. He was paying these people in one way or another to invest essentially intellectually in his genetic research. I know that probably didn't come out in court, but what do you know about that? Um, That's an interesting topic. The first thing I want to clarify is a lot of people think about this trafficking thing as blackmail, but I've looked at it more as an initiation, like people who went to his island, that was their initiation, that they were involved with these type of people, that they were part of the good old boy club and that they were going to reap the benefits of having billionaire fans and success and everything else. Now, what you are discussing is something I believe that ties into transhumanism this ideology that he wanted to see the world after a depopulation or culling of the great planet and that he would repopulate it with his own seed and his own DNA. Now, transhumanism is the process of life extension and it can be organic, but a lot of the studies are dealing with everything with transfusing baby blood into your veins to stay young, to regenerate your cells and your RNA to downloading your consciousness into a computer so you can digitally live forever instead of physically. It's a large scape, and now it's become an umbrella term for a lot of other technologies, weather modification, um, cyborgs. Uh, you know, we can get into uh, designer babies, synthetic uh, biology. And all these other things, but the main course and main idea here is that these individuals wanted to live forever. And yes, child sacrifice might have been a part of that. Maybe that was the argument. Maybe they said they'd feed you to the alligators or, you know, what happened to the so-and-so, they disappeared. That could happen to you too. Maybe they put them on islands and hunted them like uh they did in Europe. We heard rumors about the elite doing, finding children and having hunting parties and stuff like that. Uh, we're not quite sure. All we know is that it had to deal with transhumanism. And there was a rumor going around, uh, a very prominent transhumanist, futurist, cultural futurist and artist who spent some time in Silicon Valley being on these billionaire ships, hanging with these individuals, going to the cuddle puddles, who claimed that... Uh, a very prominent cryonics institute has the contract for Jeffrey Epstein. And that may be where his body ended up. Yeah, I've heard that rumor before as well. I find it strange that even the mainstream media has reported on this. Uh, the New York Times and some other sources have reported that Epstein was running this operation in New Mexico. This is where they were doing the genetic research and they were having uh, women that they call breeders 
they were having babies and then they were using those babies. Maybe I've not heard one way or another, but kind of sounds like maybe they were using them in the same way that Peter Nygaard wanted his girlfriend to use their child. They wanted to basically utilize the child's body uh, in order to rejuvenate Nygaard's body. I mean, like literal vampirism. And th- this is stuff that has, of course, come out parallel to all the legal aspects of this and, and, and the testimonies and, and the trial and even the general story around Jeffrey Epstein and, and what he was doing. I mean, I, when I think of blackmail, I think that it's kind of a combination of what I've said mixed with what you said. I think people went to that island knowing that what they were doing was they were going to be in a compromising situation. And that was part of the deal in order to maintain or obtain the power that they had or that they wanted to obtain. Does that make sense? Like they knew that they were going to compromise themselves in order to obtain that protection within the network and the cult. Well, like I said, it's that initiation to be part of this uh, global elitist group. And it's funny how we see Elon Maxwell with the head of the Atlantic magazine in her bikini who just wrote an article saying that child trafficking epidemic is basically fake news, but yet she's seen in a bikini photograph with Gilan Maxwell. You know, it's it blows my mind when you see her speaking at the United Nations trying to sell ocean, you know, selling the ocean, like people can own the ocean, right? And, uh, you know, people are saying, oh, this is my great and good friend, Gilan. She's such a good person. And you see Isabel Maxwell, her sister, who developed some software, uh, Magellan and Promise Without an E, uh, that was allegedly used with their father to uh, smuggle uh, atomic bomb secrets from the United States for Israel, uh, straight up Mossad stuff. Uh, and these are the people like Isabel Maxwell, who's sitting on the uh, at tech advisory at the World Economic Forum, you know, Klaus Schwab, the guy who who, who says, uh, you will not own anything in the future. You would uh, be you happy. Know, you know, that guy. You would you know, be very that's happy. That's a real good guy. Basically, the World Economic Forum, in my opinion, is the new Bilderberg. Basically, Bilderberg has disappeared, and now they're just wide out in the open. The emperor has no clothes, and they're admitting their plot and their plan, the UN Agenda 21 plan, the plan for getting everyone off of natural resources and corporatizing all land, where every will have corporate cities like Toyota Town, where they'll own the police, and they'll have their own laws and their own gated community. And if you work for Toyota, you'll get cheap rent, and you'll live on their property, but you, as an individual you won't own any property that's their natural resources you won't own any property and you'll be happy about it that's what santa claus brought us this year the great reset the great king set the great king antichrist the new system that won't let you buy or sell unless you participate in their experiment do you think you look better in the lingerie or the spacesuit (laughs) i think you look better in the star trek outfit yeah yeah star trek outfit looked a little better to me too (laughs) He can. He really worked that thing. He looked like uh, he looked like he was about to film an episode of Star Trek. I mean, I right. think I think that's all psychology. I mean, a lot of this is whether it's the trafficking or the grooming or I mean, I, I'd go as far as to suggest, and I've been talking a lot about this on the show, Kristan, is that when you have the Pentagon now, and I know this isn't what we we're going to talk about tonight, but I think this connects to it in a, in a way. You got the Pentagon now going to openly be investigating UAPs with their new, their new investigative uh, uh, program, their new investigative group. And you've got this group saying that they're going to investigate the UAPs, but they're also going to 
you can look it up. It's in the it's in the Pentagon paper. They're going to reverse engineer them. And I thought that's kind of convenient because they don't actually have to show us the craft per se. We can see them in the air. The media can focus attention on whatever those craft are, man-made or otherwise. We're going to find that those craft don't emit greenhouse gases. We're going to find out that they're not environmentally harmful. So if we invest trillions to reverse engineer them, that means the aliens essentially, real or not, imagined or otherwise, could save us from the climate crisis. And then you've got NASA working with theologians now and trying to, uh, trying to parallel uh, to that, create a framework for acknowledging what life is beyond Earth. And then you've got the Vatican, which has for years said that not only would uh, the Pope va- uh, basically baptize an extraterrestrial, but the head of the Vatican Observatory said that He'll baptize an extraterrestrial as well, but he doesn't believe in a grand design, and he believes that when we come into contact with aliens, they won't even need redemption from God. So that kind of destroys people's faith in religion. That kind of destroys people's faith in spirituality. And then the idea of maybe meeting an extraterrestrial could be accomplished through the chimera hybridization programs that are also admittedly in the mainstream media. And all of that kind of trickles back and ties into, in my view, the genetic interests of people like Jeffrey Epstein. I mean, it seems like, Kristan, on a daily basis, we're basically reading the storyline from the X-Files, the genetic research, the, the deals with aliens, the vaccinations. I mean, it just is like fiction has become reality now. Absolutely. And I have a document I have not released. It was given to me by the son of an individual that worked uh, security for George W. Bush Sr. Secret Service. And the document was mailed to him by William Cooper, and it was an indictment of MJ-12, and it was mailed to him after William Cooper was murdered by law enforcement a little over 20 years ago for tax evasion. And uh, this document went into detail about how our government had uh, all these different programs by names and, and anagrams and uh, dive down to what they were, including the four alien species that we worked out an agreement with and traded our women for. And we took in some of their aliens and where we got all this different technology like CD technology and other types of technology from. And uh, the biggest concern the government had was that there's a race of aliens that look human. And that being is because then they could infiltrate government and no one would ever be able to tell the difference. So whether or not that's true, uh, I don't know. But it's weird about every day by day, all the news that comes out, like the Israel security minister saying that we've already been in contact and we're talking and have contracts with off world aliens that actually live within our planet. This is all the stuff that's in this MD 12 indictment from the 80s from William Cooper, which um, I haven't published yet, but uh, I've looked and it's got UFO classified on it. And I sent it to a couple people that I know in government. None of them will touch it uh, because they're worried that they would lose their job. And to me, that just gives a credibility. Uh, but to, to that being said, um, I did cover it at one of my shows on the Rundown Live. We're live five days a week and that's available. You can just look up indictment of MJ-12 and William Cooper and the Rundown Live and the audio for those uh episodes would be found anywhere from Spotify, iHeartRadio speaker, and especially on KGRADB or the rundownlive.com. But it all ties in. And, uh, and part of me wonders, is this going to be an Operation Bluebeam? Because that's something else that William Cooper talked about a lot is hoaxing an alien return 
under the guise that that's God, God's return, and that's why they're perfect. And is that really the the, the beast, the the false return? These aliens. Uh, we read the books of Enoch about how there was a war in the heavens, aka space, and the losing team came here. And later on, uh, the being that whooped their butt in space came and took that power away and gave it to Enoch and man. Uh, now, is that what we're talking about? The watchers in the sky? We don't really know. Like we're we're kind of going off the deep end here. And from time to time, uh, I like to talk about. About it. I've had L.A. Marzulli on the show and other individuals, but uh, it, it just seems like there's a pattern here. It doesn't mean it's oh, yeah. accurate, true. I don't know. Do your own research. Well, I see. That's the thing that, that that concerns me is that I'm not in any camp. I'm just simply looking at right. the information. Right. And I'm like I asked the question last night, I, I, you know, is it possible to introduce and I think it's not just possible. I think it's actually happening uh, to introduce the idea to the public that there are extraterrestrials interacting with us. We're not really sure what they are. We really can't show them to you. We just know that they're out there. You can see them from a distance. And then to leverage the fear that people have of that for more social control based on yet another invisible enemy, kind of a macrocosmic version of what's happened with the so-called pandemic in the last two years. And in fact, Time Magazine published an article where they said that COVID-19 was the introduction to what would happen to the, the, the world if we were to come into contact with aliens. And then you've got the, the Pentagon and you've got NASA and you've got top scientists all pretty much acknowledging, major academia acknowledging that, yes, this is a thing, this is real, but they're not really being specific about it. And so when, I, when I'm reading about that kind of thing and then I'm reading about stuff like this because I think this connects as well, and we will get back to the specifics of the trial here in the next segment, but I, I really wanted to focus on this just for this segment, uh, Kristan, is you know about Charles Lieber, right? I do not. You don't know about Charles Lieber. Okay, let me, let, me, uh, let me read you this headline. Charles Lieber, former Harvard professor found guilty hiding ties to China. Now, this might sound on the surface like it's political, and this is something I, I'd recommend you do some research and you, uh, I can send you this stuff. You check this out and, and present this to your audience on the Rundown Live. He was a Harvard professor. He was arrested in January of 2020 and charged with making false statements to federal authorities. He was under investigation because of the China Initiative through the Department of Justice that was set up under President Donald Trump. What happened was Lieber was receiving $50,000 a month in salary and over $150,000 a year in living expenses from China's Thousand Talents Program, which is their intellectual theft and technological theft uh, international uh, initiative, essentially. And he was receiving that money also from the Wuhan University of Technology, and he was based on the information that we have in the mainstream press, and also if you go and read some of his patents and what he was working on uh, in the scientific literature, he was working on nanotechnology with a university in Wuhan and with the Chinese government. And the technology that he was working on wasn't just nanotechnology in the sense that people think robots. He was working on something, Kristan, called mesh electronics. And mesh electronics allowed him to inject a substance into a mouse, into a lab rat, and control the ocular nerves so they could get a real-time video feed of what was coming through the eyes of the rodent. Now, that was a very small study they did. The bigger studies were literally injecting what amounted to artificial neurons into the brain and then replacing 
natural organic neurons so they could control the neuronal networks, basically a form of direct mind control in the brain. And then that also connects and ties directly into research that was conducted in the last couple of years. It was announced in 2016 and another uh, story, I think it was like 2018-19, in the American Chemical Society, where scientists said that they could use something called chemogenetics and optogenetics using chemicals, drugs, and light to control neuronal activity in the brain, and they could use certain substances to genetically alter the body to make it magnetic so they could realign cellular structures and DNA basically from outside the body using different uh, methods. And this is the kind of stuff that this guy was working on, a lot of the same things that directly connect to the so-called COVID-19 vaccine. Now, this isn't about promoting a, a random theory. This is just about looking at the details of all of this and how it connects together and how this genetic research seems to be quite closely related to what Jeffrey Epstein and Peter Nygaard wanted to do, uh, wanted to do with those breeding programs that they were running. It does seem to be quite a bit about transhumanism, genetic engineering, and then there's that alien angle as well. I mean, this is kind of like a grand unified theory of the unexplained and conspiracy, but it seems to be more and more real every day. I don't know if do you have any comments on that? Well, I did see in report on about a year ago that New Zealand, they were talking about the mesh electronics, how uh, you will be able to view whatever any person, let's say your friend went to a concert, whatever he sees with his eyes, you could actually have that put on your TV and you'd be able to hear the music that comes through his ears. And they said that this technology is a lot easier to use uh, than you believe. And it will incorporate uh, a brain cloud interface and a brain chip interface as well, if you so choose. But it will also give you the ability to switch on and off reality. And you could be in your virtual reality. Even Samsung is building uh, a identical virtual reality version of Earth where you'll be in this fictitious matrix that's just like this world and you won't be successful in real life, but you'll maybe if you want, you can go on a date and be on a successful date with Jenny McCarthy or Pamela Anderson or whoever your heart throbs. That's the six G. That's yeah. the six G tech that Samsung's working on, right? And they said it'll be run by machines. It's an extended, immersive, holographic digital reality or sub reality. Right. Of our entire planet. So this way they can run artificial intelligence and run scenarios. What would happen in real time if they uh, did this or did that? And how would it affect our planet? That's also part of the metaverse, and there's an, an esoteric and occult element to this as well relating to uh, the golem, relating to uh, God breathing into the nostrils of Adam to create man. When you look at the word meta, and then if you reverse the word meta, what that terminology means. We did a show on that called the Metatron Cube last week on The Secret Teachings. It's available on the website at thesecretteachings.info. But we've kind of gotten away from the trial, but this is all connected. I think it's really important because if you look at uh, the Charles Lieber story, he was working with a guy named Robert Langer, and Robert Langer just happens to be on the board and the co-founder of Moderna Pharmaceuticals. I mean, I really think, Kristan, I've been watching, I'll admit, I've been going back and watching the X-Files because I have the DVDs. I just moved. I don't have cable or anything like that. And it's like as I'm watching the X-Files again for you know probably the, the, the fifth or sixth time, I'm literally seeing like, 30 or was it 20 years ago 25 years ago a storyline that is literally in our mainstream news today happening in the real world and i'm only comparing that to show that when we think that things are fictitious when we think that things are uh made up or fabricated they're just entertainment 
lot of the times it is a revelation of the method. And I think that that method has been revealed. And I think it connects everything from, from Epstein and Maxwell to the subject of the UAP investigations with the government. There is something much bigger to comprehend and process than just some people getting massages and just a couple of Tic Tac UFOs, if you get what I mean. Yeah, um, breaking news. It sounds like the Gilan Maxwell trial has uh, concurred and she's guilty of five of six charges. Um, just wanted a bre- breaking news. Just wanted to get that out there real quick. Uh, on, the t- on the subject of Metatron, um, I was actually sourced in the language of symbols, uh, Jordan Maxwell book, uh, by exposing the idea that Meta and Tron Meta as in data, Meta data, and Tron as in computer, the movie with the computer. And he was also the scribe of God, which records yes. everything. So if everything is Meta data, what is your Meta data? It's what Meta Tron records. It's your life. It's everything. It's existence. It's all history. That was Meta, Meta Tron's job is to uh, write and record all of history. That's right. In fact, and Metatron, uh, Metatron's cube is the metaverse. The cube itself is the material world. The cube itself is the world of Saturn, the grand architect like Kronos, the god of time and agriculture. And that uh, cube is also called the eighth sphere, which is basically uh, the singularity, the, uh, the black abyss of Leviathan, uh, Cthulhu, the specter, the hydra, all these different symbolic and uh, um, archetypical elements that go into, I think, revealing to the public in an esoteric way that the metaverse isn't just a digital reality that'll be fun to interact with your friends. The metaverse is essentially the alternate way out of all the horrible things that are happening in the world that you're told about every day. The metaverse is the breakaway civilization in a way. The metaverse is this magical domain that you can give yourself to in kind of like a sacrifice. And I think that goes back to what you were saying about the initiations in regards to Epstein and Maxwell. This stuff is, and I'm glad that you covered this too, Kristan. This is a lot more esoteric and occult. These people believe in uh, magic in a way that a lot of people can't comprehend or conceive of. And when you look at the details of what they were doing, even the accusations, it, it paints a much larger picture and again, just a couple of massages. There's a, there's a lot more going on here than we'll, we're ever going to learn about in a courtroom. Yeah, uh, that is true. Well, Kristan Harris is our guest this evening. Kristan, tell us what your website is. We're going to take another break. We'll come back. And then I would kind of like to give you uh, more of the floor to go into some of the more uh, specific details of the trial. And what we know, oh, what we know you guys now. want to check me out, therundownlive.com, therundownlive.com. And that's where you're going to find out more of the information here. All right, therundownlive.com. Kristan Harris is our guest. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. I do things a little bit differently here. I like to get into the, I don't know what you'd call it, not a bombshell, but the, the fringe element before the last segment. And then we'll come back here in just a moment. We'll talk with Kristan about the specifics. And now knowing that Maxwell has been convicted on certain accounts. We'll talk about that when we come back from break. Again, I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings, thesecretteachings.info. There's a lot more after this. Don't go anywhere.
this is Andrew Kaufman, MD, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with your host, Ryan Gable. I'm Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings, bringing you health, history, symbolism, and of course, black goo, right here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Release the curtain. Do you like The Secret Teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books, available in PDF and soft cover with free shipping in the United States. For a practical, balanced, and unique look at the food industry, vaccinations, the theories of disease, and geoengineering, grab a copy of Food Philosophy. For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, black goo, and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry, have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology and science to symbols and sigils, from ritual magic to voodoo, and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. All three books can be purchased on the website at thesecretteachings.info, where you can read reviews from other authors and radio hosts around the world. Just visit thesecretteachings.info. The truth is out there, and so are we. KTLK, digital broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Listen to The Rogue Report every Wednesday live at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern here on The Fringe FM, KTLK Digital Broadcasting. For a lot longer than most podcasts have been around, The Secret Teachings has been at the forefront of unique investigation into both the mundane and the extraordinary. Critical thought and controlled speculation allowed us to determine that the much-anticipated UAP report would be vague, unexplained, and would simply imply the need for defense against national security threats. We determined that sonic weapons were the cause of Havana Syndrome a full year before CNN acknowledged the same. We told you about the mind-controlled magic, sex slavery, and intellectual theft in the music industry long before Britney Spears spoke out about her conservatorship, and we've been removed from radio for refusing to censor our show over international child trafficking networks and sex cults long before Epstein didn't kill himself. This has been done with no budget, only your support, and a will to learn and succeed. And you can continue to be a part of the Secret Teachings journey as we broadcast Monday through Friday after lighting the void with Joe Roop, right here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. TLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM, brings you exclusively The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. What's up, y'all? It's your boy Topher. You can find my music at tophertown.com. And right now you're listening to The Secret Teachings by Ryan Gable. So we now know that Ghislaine Maxwell was convicted of setting up girls for sex abuse with Epstein. I'm sure a lot of people will theorize that this is still a slap on the wrist for Maxwell, who faces a number of years in prison, potentially. We have the preliminary details of this Associated Press headline earlier today, Ghislaine Maxwell convicted in Epstein's sex abuse case. Is this going to just simply 
take the subject and justify everything that's happened, everything we don't know, by saying, okay, she was convicted, let's move on, let's not investigate this any further. You know, see, the court system can only go so far. The legal system can only take us so far. And we can speculate, we can't confirm certain things, but we can kind of get an idea that whatever happened in the case of Jeffrey Epstein, all the details in court and out of court, we're never going to know all of those details. We have some, and there are a lot of things that we've learned tonight, and we're going to learn a little bit more from our guest, Kristan Harris, who was in New York, who was at the courthouse, who was in the courtroom. It's published a lot of the transcripts of testimony on the Rundown Live, and I'm really grateful that he's done that. It's made it easier for me to go and figure out what's going on rather than just reading like a CNN article to read the actual transcript and to read what he's posted on the website. It's really good stuff, Kristan. I'm glad that you were able to do this. Uh, Very helpful, very insightful. What else can you tell us about the trial? And now knowing that Maxwell has been convicted on some charges, what does this tell us? Where does this lead us now? Well, I guess the question is, is uh, who are like who is taking over the business now that Epstein and Gilan Maxwell are no longer in the picture? Uh, obviously, there's still a addiction. There's still product needed. So somebody else is providing this product, uh, this retail for these elitists. Just because Epstein was one individual that ran this ring, that doesn't mean that him and Gilan Maxwell are the only ones involved. So the question is, is what, what is going to happen next? What's going to happen next with these elitists? And so the trial itself exposed a lot of different angles to the, the process of grooming, the process of taking advantage of women and desensitizing them, and how wealthy people believe that they're above the law. And as we now have seen, the justice system, in my opinion here, worked. That's exactly what we have going on here. The idea that the justice system worked, that comment, I know that I have a lot of listeners who just don't trust the system at all, and I think that a lot of distrust has been bred in that system by people who don't like the system of government and the system of uh, law that we have here in the United States. But the system does work sometimes. But then again, you have to ask the question whether... Intentional or otherwise, I think that this conviction could actually work to, at least by the media standards, can work to say, look, Maxwell was involved. This is what happened. Of course, it's a whitewashed version. She was convicted. This whole thing about human trafficking and child trafficking is blown way out of proportion. The network shut down. Maxwell's going to prison. End of case. End of story. When, of course, what you're suggesting, what you're asking are really reasonable questions like I'm asking, I want to know who's running this today. And I want to know, has there even been an interruption in these networks, which I don't believe that there has. This is something that goes from Buckingham Palace to the Vatican to probably the White House. And it's operational today, whether Maxwell goes to prison or if Maxwell were hanged, the operation proceeds, the plan proceeds, the agenda proceeds. Correct. And we need to we need to be aware of that, that just because this one individual is in jail does not mean that the problem has been solved. It's just that somebody has been held accountable for their role in it. And it's one of many individuals that was involved 
and allegedly partaking or being involved with this disgusting behavior of grooming. And uh, these women, like I heard the testimonies, they're not able to have normal relationships. They're not able to fall in love like, let's say, a normal person may fall in love. They're abused and damaged. And, uh, you know, there's this whole offset that, uh, you know, this isn't just a few women this happened to. This probably happened to over 100, if not thousands of women that dealt with Jeffrey Epstein. You know, we've heard the the stories of, you know, Damien Eccles and all the different types of trafficking and people that might have been involved and Harvey Weinstein and, the, you know, Prince Andrews. And the list goes, long, goes on and on and on and on. But what does this tell or what does this mean to other individuals that would be caught or found involved in this type of behavior? Because I've always found that there's uh, a few things that you can't do as a politician that you can't get away with. And one of those is usually sex crimes. Well, we, since Bill Clinton, have become desensitized to that. And now they've moved on to children crimes. And now at least the court is still upholding the sanctity of our youth and children and the abuse of children. I think that's the one big motive, the one big plug that gets people more upset than anything else. Look at January 6th. January 6th, there is a bunch of adrenaline junkies at the Capitol building. Many of them were there because they believed that children were being trafficked and our government was complacent in it, as we've seen in the Finders cult, which they just had a big data dump, dump on, if you haven't found out. And uh, there's other things that there was going on, including government experiments with children that we found out recently being released in Operation Flicker. Well, look at, yeah, I mean, look at Fauci, what Fauci was doing with those little, uh, little black children. Uh, giving them the toxic drugs and killing them, just something like that in a little medical experiment. All the people bringing their kids without any kind of provision or knowledge to take vaccines for the COVID-19 vaccine trials, just giving their children, offering their children up on the altar of human experiment and human sacrifice. And that's just the stuff that kind of uh, happens in the, in, in the, the mainstream light. I mean, the stuff that you're talking about, it's stuff that isn't published unless it's a declassified document and a major investigation. The Finders cult, uh, you know, the cults like Nexium or John of God. I mean, th- th- this stuff is so rampant. I think that things, in my opinion, maybe you disagree, Kristan. I'd like to get your take on this. In my opinion, from the beginning, I said things like Pizzagate and things like QAnon were simply counterintelligence operations that were meant to divert true, honest questioning and investigation into the subjects that they claim to to uh, investigate to divert that attention and to focus it on things that are easily dismissible, easily debunkable. And I feel that the, the true uh, source of this evil is simply using people's disgust with it in order to control that exterior narrative that when you do hear about it, you're hearing about it through Q, you're hearing about it through Pizzagate, and you're not necessarily hearing the details that are more founded and grounded in reality. You're getting more of an emotional response to it rather than a logical and true investigative um, uh, analysis of it. Does that make sense? And what do you think about that? 
Well, I wouldn't doubt it at all. Queuing on from the get-go seemed like a psyop to identify false news and who was curating it, as well as implementing um, some kind of psyop to recognize people that would actually uh, take action against our government. The Pizzagate thing, you know, I always thought that was about WikiLeaks, the whole Podesta emails. Uh, somehow it became around a pizzeria and was redirected when somebody shot up a pizzeria who was involved in a, uh, you know, children's or his father was a main uh, curator of a children's safety organization that helped, you know, I believe uh, homeless children amongst other things. And, uh, you know, it's really bizarre, all this. I don't really know a whole lot about the Pizzagate thing. I did interview a few people, and I did check out the WikiLeaks, which I know that the Podesta email is talking about MAP, a handkerchief with a map. We now know that MAP means a minor attracted person, whether or not that's what he meant by uh, MAP-related handkerchief and that Podesta's email was spirit cooking and all that stuff. So that was a more my idea of what Pizzagate was, but I know the media spun it to be about Comet Ping Pong Pizzeria of course, of and uh, other things, you know, but... Uh, there's always a little bit of truth, even with the QE non stuff. You know, they have all those movies where it's like 80% fact, and then they take you down the rabbit hole about what Q says, and they say, see, this supports what Q says. You know, here's the 500,000 indictments, here's the ankle bracelet pictures, and here's a bunch of bogus BS, none of which is accurate. And we're going to base it on the foundation of William Cooper and Alex Jones to discredit those individuals. Essentially, that's what that did. Well, there are plenty of pictures. I've seen at least two of them of of Ghislaine Maxwell with uh, the lady that they call the spirit cooking lady, uh, lady Ambramovic, Marina Ambramovic, uh, who was uh, friends with the Podestas and the Clintons. And uh, she did did, uh, meetings and get-togethers and events with people like Lady Gaga and people like Jay-Z. And uh, she was was connected directly. She knew Maxwell as well. I mean, just kind of implying that this, this powerful... Uh, famous, uh, wealthy uh, network of celebrities and, and, and rich people, they're all connected and intertwined in some way. And, and I have a really, really hard time believing that if anybody was involved in those networks and they knew what was going on, and uh, or rather I should say if they were involved in those networks that they didn't know what was going on, um, if you're if you're in that level of power and fame and there's all these connections to these powerful people that are involved in whether it's the human trafficking or it's the you know the 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 genetic research there's just Kristan I I honestly just as a human being not as a radio host I don't know how to even handle this stuff anymore it it's so overwhelming and I think maybe that's part of the the, the psychological operation it, it just kind of makes me shut down. I don't know how to deal with it. Like, I don't know how to quantify it. And I think that's why it's easier just to believe in the prepackaged story of a Pizzagate because they bring you the, the rhetoric. They bring you the, the, the symbols. And all you have to do is just believe it or don't believe it. And there's not much room for free thought. There's not much room for free investigation because otherwise the details are too overwhelming. So you just get this like prepackaged, pre-made belief system. And I think that's what a lot of a lot of this stuff really is. Yeah, here it is. Don't think for yourself. This is what you believe. It reminds me of uh, going to church, and um, I would see some of my colleagues who, and I, I still am a, a believer in uh, the church in some aspects and forums. And I would see somebody have a debate with somebody that didn't have the same beliefs, and they said, "Well, only if you could speak to my pastor, he would tell you what I believe." And essentially, <laughs> that's the same consensus here: is that you know you have Q 
and these QAnoners and other organizations like that, and they felt part of something that they could believe in, and this is what they believe, and if they can't explain it completely to you, but if you saw this video called The Great Awakening, you would understand what they're about. You know, right, this is, right. you know, you'd have a better understanding about what this is that is going on. Right, and, the, and these, uh, these QAnon groups and the Pizzagate groups, it's not that what at the core of, uh, the, what the core of what they're saying isn't kind of you know true or accurate. Of course, there are networks that traffic humans for sex. There are networks that traffic children for for money, for sex, for power. For you know what Peter Nygaard was doing was basically trying to create a fountain of youth using the liquid of babies, using the the body of of his own baby. Uh, all of that is is certainly grounded in uh, some kind of factual reality. But what these counterintelligence operations do as as i'm sure that you know very well is they take something that's real just like those documentaries and those movies you mentioned and they'll publicize it but they'll fill it with things that are easy to debunk and in fact that was the that was the cia's solution to the ufo phenomena back in the 1950s the robertson panel report said we can use legitimate sightings of ufos with those that are easily explainable, use the easily explainable ones, put those into the media and put those into the public domain so that we can say, look, these were really difficult to explain. We finally figured out what they were. They were, you know, a military plane, commercial airline, you know, whatever it might be. And then that would shelve the small percentage of those that remained unexplained. That's been a CIA operation on the subject of UFOs since the early 1950s. I can't think, uh, can't help but think that that's you know, the same policy today, whether it's about UFOs or it's about child trafficking. It's like back in the 20s, Kristan, the Communist Party of Russia, they had an operation called Operation Trust. What is Q's slogan? Trust the plan. What was Operation Trust? It was a counterintelligence plan to find people that were in opposition to the Communist Party. Uh, the Communist Party of China did the same thing. They called it the Hundred Flowers Campaign. They asked people to write letters about what they thought was wrong with the government and what was wrong with Mao Zedong. And then they used those letters to isolate those people, punish them, kill them, etc. And that's all that Pizzagate and, and, and QAnon and a lot of these, uh, I guess you could call them uh, Reddit readers, a lot of these people are involved in things they don't understand. Counterintelligence operations that are meant to find people who are interested in Maxwell or Epstein, for example, and then isolate them and discredit them socially. And if it really comes down to it, in some cases, perhaps actually assassinate those those low level people. I even read something on your website about one of the was it a journalist who was burglarized during the Maxwell trial? That was me. That was you. You were burglarized. Yes. Tell us about that. Uh, Isabel Maxwell took my photograph the day before. That video can be seen on Twitter. And then the next day, within 16 hours, my place was burglarized and the only thing stolen was my laptop. See, I, you know what, Kristan? I honestly did not know that. That's the one article that I didn't click no on. Worries. No worries. That's all right, man. Uh, like, it's such a coincidence. It's a hell of a coincidence. Like, I had a bottle of whiskey not opened on my, uh, you know, desk. I had some uh, New Jersey marijuana's legal. I decided that I would partake in some marijuana since it was legal there. And, uh, you know, I had a $350 set of headphones that was all easily accessible. And if you're homeless and you're breaking in, you're taking the whiskey. You're taking the marijuana. You're taking 
taking the headphones, you're taking the lap, you're taking everything. And not only that, that was just my area. Who knows what was in other areas of the Airbnb? And they did this in all in under 90 seconds. And it just blows my mind that there's such a coincidence that the day after I had uh, my picture taken, me, the only person who's been publishing transcripts the whole time, I'm the one that actually uh, had to deal with the offset of losing my laptop and being essentially robbed. What did you do? What did you do in response to that? Did you contact the police? Did you file a report? What did you do? Well, it was late that night and the next day I was leaving early. So I contacted the owner of the Airbnb and he said he's filing a police report. So uh, the laptop was donated to me. Uh, by Justin Wallace, uh, a great individual. And it was disappointing that it was missing. But at the same point, I I thought about where should I leave? Should I find another place to stay? Should I be fearful? But I felt that was just buying into what they wanted me to be. They wanted me to be fearful. They wanted me to be afraid if that were the case. Uh, They're trying to intimidate me. So I felt like I would just spend the night there. It was late. It was about 12 o'clock when I got back. Uh, It was the last night that we were all together before break for Christmas and I was heading home to spend the holidays with my family the next day morning and I had to be up real early so I could have called and had a police report done and not slept at all but I figured that it was probably you know it was only a laptop the owner of the Airbnb is filing the police report and um, we have video of it is what the crazy thing is we have actual video of this individual taking out the air conditioner in the front of air of the airbnb and then using that as the entrance and exit as somebody started a car and he drove off with my laptop that is incredible I, that, I you know i've had i've had experiences in the past um i don't think i've told you any of this i've had people that tried to break into my apartment on several occasions and uh, it was coincidentally around major radio shows that I was doing. Uh, two of them happened on episodes of Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis. Uh, one of them happened a night after uh, one of my radio shows, uh, a live show that I did. It happened uh, at the time. It was like 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. People tried to break into my apartment. One guy, uh, I got the, the police actually chased him down and, and, and arrested him. He was a felon who had coincidentally moved into the apartment building uh, off of Craigslist across the street from me. The guy he was living with didn't know who he was. He just said, I got a list off Craigslist, let him move in, he paid me. This guy had a duffel bag that he carried to my apartment, Kriston, with, and I saw the police empty it. Seven handguns. He had an entire bag, I don't know the, the weight, but an entire bag of cocaine, marijuana, and about two or three other illicit substances. I can't think that that guy was doing anything else at 2 o'clock in the morning with a duffel bag of guns and drugs than breaking into my apartment to frame me or to set me up for something. And that all happened right around the time I was doing radio shows on this subject. I even had my, my internet line, according to CenturyLink, the internet company, they said somebody cut my internet line to my building from the cross box and that was about 45 minutes before I was going on to a major radio show. So these people, whether those people that did that to me, have any, they probably have no relationship to you. But these are the same kinds of tactics that criminals use and people that just want to intimidate and frighten you. I've been the victim of that. You've been the victim of that. Obviously, that isn't stopping you from doing what you're doing. It's not stopping me from doing what I'm doing. But this is not a movie this isn't uh, a fictional uh, reality. This is, this is real. And, and these people that are involved in these kinds of activities, they will go after anybody. They don't care if you are a politician, 
or you are wealthy or you're Chris Don Harris or Ryan Gable, they will come after you all the same, maybe just with different tactics. Right. And that's what we're looking at. And we can't like I, I can't give in to the fear. I've been in war zones. I, I was at the Kyle, uh, Kenosha unrest. I was involved in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. I've seen people killed. I've been involved in many violent protests where I filmed and documented and journaled. I'm not going to allow some old Hague to, uh, you know, intimidate me and make me afraid. This I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Whatever our creator wanted us to do, wanted me to do, I'm doing it. And so if it's my time to go, it's my time to go. But I'm not going to let somebody intimidate me or even give it a second thought you know it's crazy well Kristen harris of the rundown live is our guest this evening and Kristen, i want to tell you as a friend and as a colleague i appreciate what you did and having the opportunity to go out and to cover that trial publishing all of those transcripts on the rundown live made it easy for me to do research when i finally got back into researching and investigating this after my move so I want to thank you for that. And I'd also like to give you uh, the floor for about two minutes. If there's anything else that you'd like to add, uh, you have the floor, my friend. Yeah, uh, well, you know, going to the trial and uh, I'm honored to have been selected by so many people who invested. There was over 140 donors that sent me to the Gilan Maxwell trial to cover it. I want to thank those people who put their trust in another human being. I'm just a normal person. I'm no different than you, Ryan, or anyone else out there, except I'm following my crusaders gene. I'm not denying what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm not working a miserable job and uh, not pursuing my passions that I was put on this planet to do. I'm here to expose evil to find the truth and there's a lot of truth uh, tellers and truth searchers and not all of us have the same uh you know patterns we don't all do the same thing we all don't have the same uh tactics some of us are leftists some of us are rightists some of us are centric but the one thing is is that we all get along and we all understand that we're all trying to find a truth in our own means in our own ways so my you know there was a saying that william cooper said once and he said something along the lines that there is 180 Bible-believing, God-fearing Christians in this world today. And there is an ounce of strength between them to change the political climate that we live in in this world right now. And nothing rings truer than that than what I see right now. But he said, wait, yet in all these holy texts and all these books, there's one person here or two people there that you see God use to change the fabric of the world we live in. Why can't that be you? And that's uh, all I got for you guys. And if you guys want to check me out at rundownlive.com, we're taking donations. You can donate via PayPal or Venmo, Kristan, K-R-I-S-T-A-N-T, Harris. At, and you also check out the Rundown Live. You can send me an email, show tips at the Rundown Live. And, um, I, you know, thank you for having me on, Ryan. I, I really appreciate it. I, I would love to get into the nitty-gritty of esotericism and all the things we love. But today isn't about the things I love. It's about what the people paid for me to go do. And I'm appreciating you for allowing me to share my message you've got it and i would like to honestly have you back very soon to maybe talk about some of that esoterica i think there's quite a bit that we could unpack in regards to what we discussed tonight but looking at it from an esoteric point of view sounds great all right we will have we will have you back on the show uh, relatively soon that's the rundownlive.com Kristen harris i'm ryan gable this is the secret teachings Thank you for tuning in this morning, this afternoon, tonight, whenever and wherever you are listening around the world. If you go to our website, thesecretteachings.info, you are going to find the full show archive from the last uh, two and a half to three years that we've got posted uh, through the website. It has advertisements in it, but you can listen to all the shows for free if you miss the live broadcast. Or you can subscribe to get the ad-free version of the show 
and you'll get not only the recent archive, but the entire archive going back to when we first began radio. You'll get all the montages, and you'll get a digital copy of each one of my books, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir. And that book, The Technological Elixir, has a very large section in it discussing those genetic experiments, discussing chimeras and hybridization, discussing Charles Lieber and his investigations, his research with the Communist Party of China into that uh, new technology, uh, the mesh electronics, uh, cyborg technology, essentially, and a lot more. That's in that book at thesecretteachings.info. That's the only place that you can get it and subscribe. Again, our guest tonight, Kristan Harris, The Rundown Live. I'm Ryan Gable. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy. And we will talk to you on the next broadcast. rdgable at yahoo.com. Shoot us an email. Time is up. Time's up. Time may be up for tonight's broadcast of The Secret Teachings. But don't worry, you can still catch us Monday through Friday right here exclusively on The Fringe FM. You can also subscribe to the show and montage archive while grabbing my books at thesecretteachings.info. To get in contact with us, you can email the show at rdgable at yahoo.com. Stay tuned to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Well, this is David Parker, one of the authors of What Really Makes You Ill, Why Everything You Think You Knew About Disease Is Wrong. I'm Dawn Lester, co-author of What Really Makes You Ill, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. And uh, it's been a pleasure to be here. Lighting the void with the secret teachings of all ages, it's KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM.